Are you one of those who avoids Bible prophecy like a plague, either because you are scared of it or because you consider it impossible to understand? Do you think it is irrelevant to your Christian life? For a discussion of these and other misconceptions about Bible prophecy, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. Showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Well, greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope. I'm Dave Reagan, founder and director of Lamb and Lion Ministries, and I want to welcome you to Christ in Prophecy. I am delighted once again this week to have as my special guest my dear friend and colleague Don Perkins, who's founder and director of According to Prophecy Ministries in San Diego, California. Don, thanks again for being with us this week. We, are so we had a lot of fun last oh, week, it was, it was and I'm exciting. looking forward to having some more this week. It's going to be good this okay. week. I believe it. Well, last <laughs> week, folks, we talked about false Christs and false prophets. This week, we're going to talk about false conceptions regarding Bible prophecy. And Don, uh, I'd like to get into this by uh, having you mention a false conception that you mentioned to me right before we went yes. on the air that uh, you said was very prevalent when you were growing up. What was that? It was a conception that if you study Bible prophecy or the book of Revelation, it would run you crazy. Now, are you kidding me? I kid you not. Uh, as a young man growing up all my life, when I would go to church, that was one <laughs> thing that I heard. So that, it, Did that become a psychological barrier for you? It, it did. Uh, when I became a Christian, I surrendered my life to the Lord. Yeah. As a Christian, I would never go into the book of Revelation. <laughs> and, and Dave, there are many people today I know that are hindered because they were taught the same thing. That they'll go crazy. They'll go crazy. And you know, it wasn't until the Lord called me to this area of ministry that I found out the blessing. Revelation 1, it tells you, blessed are those that hey. read, hear, and study. Yeah, Revelation yes. 1, 3. It's the yes. only book of the Bible that says if you'll read this book, it's going to bless, bless your socks, socks off. off. Right? Dave, I've been blessed. <laughs> I've been blessed. I have too, Don. No yes. book has blessed me more than it, the book of it, Revelation. It is a truly a blessing. And uh, it, it's just, it, isn't it amazing? When I was growing up, the misconception that I heard over and over preached from the pulpit was, no one can understand the book of Revelation. It is a Chinese puzzle beyond understanding. Yes. I think. Why would God give us a book that nobody can understand? I tell people all the time, I say, you know, why would God do that? Why would he give us something that he didn't want us to understand? Well, I just think it's a satanic thing. Uh, uh, Satan does not want anybody reading the book of Revelation. And that's no true. One. That's true. Why? Because the book of Revelation says Satan is going to be totally defeated it, and Jesus is going to be completely uh, triumphant. Well, you know, I came to that revelation, Dave, when I started studying. I said, now I understand why I was fed that lie. <laughs> because I see the end, the demise In of fact, the devil. When, when, you know, I ran from the Lord as hard as I could for 20 years, something mm -hmm. I'm not proud of. Yes. And uh, when I finally gave in, the Lord handed me this ministry. Uh, I would get up and start to preach or teach, and boy, the devil would come all over me and say, who are you to preach? Who are you to teach? Don't you remember when you... And the <laughs> litany of my sins would run by me. But when I got in the book of Revelation, I learned that the book of Revelation can be used for spiritual warfare. Yes. And here's how I use it. Every time Satan tries to remind me of my past... I remind him of his future. That's you right. know what he does? He tucks tail and runs. That's right. That's and I right. know his future because I know the book of Revelation. The Word of God is so clear. Well, let me tell you, uh, share another misconception with you and see how you respond to it. It's one that I hear about all the time. In fact, I got a letter recently from a fellow, and in that letter he said, I don't like 
Bible prophecy because it's too depressing. Hmm. He said it's all about blood and gore and beasts and things that go bump in the dark. Well, you know, if you only study that part of it, you know, you got to understand book of Revelation, Bible prophecy. There are so many wonderful things in it. As a matter of fact, when you look at the book of Revelation, the last chapters talk about eternal bliss. In other words, what uh, what what eternity is going to look like for the redeemed. Now, I will I will admit there are some some very hard chapters in the book of Revelation, the great tribulation. The Bible goes clearly. Uh, 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 I mean, the Bible is clear in its description of how that event is going to look. But it doesn't stay there. You know, many people throw the baby out with the bathwater because they look at the, the signs, they look at the, 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 the trumpet judgments oh, and yeah. those things, but they never look at anything else in the book of Revelation. Well, you're That's right. A blessing. Uh, uh, the book of Revelation has a lot of uh, uh, terrible things in it in terms of the wrath of God being poured out yes. upon this earth. So does the book of Isaiah. That's right. Uh, but uh, the thing that we need to remind people of is that in Bible prophecy, there is only good news for those who know the Lord. Those that are redeemed. The last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi says that when the Lord returns, uh, it says that um, uh, those who have rejected Him yes. are going to suffer the wrath of God. And yes. it's going to be a terrible day for them. And yes. In fact, uh, some of the Scriptures say the President's Prime Ministers of the world are going to crawl into holes in the ground and cry for the rocks and mountains to fall, to fall on them. them. But it says for those who are believers, they'll go forth like a calf released from a stall and act plumb silly, waving their hands, full dancing of, and shouting, Hallelujah, here He comes. Full of joy and happiness. There's only good news for believers. And see, again, many people, again, throw the babe out with the bathwater because they don't really understand. I really think, Dave, you must be a student of the Scripture to really understand Bible prophecy. All right, here's another one I hear a lot. Bible prophecy is impossible to understand because it's just full of symbolism. Well, you know, symbols, Dave, symbols point to a literal event. Symbols always help you to better understand a literal event. Yes. Okay. And really, I mean, I think in that regard, people need to understand that symbols point to something that's literal or it gives us a clearer picture yes. of a literal event. Yes. You know, so again, if, if you symbolize all the book, all of the book of Revelation, then you will get into trouble. Well, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the thing about symbols, too, is that uh, symbols, as you say, they stand for something literal. Yes. But usually the Bible tells you what it is. Exactly. I mean, for example, in the book of Revelation, uh, uh, Jesus is pictured standing among uh, some uh, candlesticks. Yes. But it tells you who the, candle, the candlesticks represent churches. It, it interprets it. says he has stars in his right hand. It tells you the stars represent the, the pastors mm-hmm. or the the angels of those particular churches, yes. the messengers of those churches. Yes. Usually, for example, the book of Revelation says that uh, when the Jews flee from Jerusalem in the middle of the tribulation, they will flee on the wings of a great eagle. Mm-hmm. People say, ah, oh, that means the United States is going to provide the, uh, the airlift because our symbol is an eagle. But if you right. go back and look at the Bible, the Bible is its own Testament. best interpreter. Yes. The same term is used when they fled out of Egypt. That's they right. fled on the wings. All it means is it's a symbol of God's protection That's for right. them. That's right. So, yes, they're symbols, but the symbols have a meaning. But the safety of that, David's description, the scripture will and, always have to interpret And that. all of Bible prophecy is not symbolic. Symbols. That's I mean, right. You take the book of Zechariah, it says the Messiah is coming on a donkey. Right. He's going Very to be literal. held as king. Very literal. He's going to be a de- betrayed by a friend for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver will be used to buy a plot of land. He'll That's be right. lifted up. He'll be pierced. All of that meant what it said. Literal. It literal. was a literal prophecy. If the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense or you will end up with what? Nonsense. Nonsense. And that is so true. That is so true. You know, I I, I really believe, Don, uh, that the greatest problem uh, that that you run into here, well, I'll I'll get into that in a moment. I want to bring up another misconception, and that is that Bible prophecy is irrelevant to contemporary Christian living. You know, that one really gets me. I hear it all the time. You know, pastors tell me that. Yes, that is. It, you can't tie it into it's today's all life. It's in the sky. High, has to do with sweet the future. I've got to talk about contemporary problems. Right. I got to help people today. Well, 
I, I don't know of a good, a better book that will help you in contemporary living. You know, for me, Bible prophecy, this message has really uh, put an urge in my heart. It has given me a hope that helps me to live Amen. in this relevant day. I found, Don, that if you can ever convince a Christian of two things, really convince them. Yes. Number one, Jesus is coming back. Now, the average Christian says, yes, he's coming back, but they believe it here. Right. They don't believe, they believe it here. Right. When you believe it here, you start, you start living. That's right. That's right. So, as long as you believe it here, it's just a mental thing. That's right. But if you can ever convince them, number one, Jesus is really coming back. And number two, that is an event that could occur any moment. Yes. Their lives will be transformed. Changed. Totally changed. They will be commit their lives to holiness. That's right. You won't have to preach against drinking. You won't have nope. to preach against gambling. Nope. You won't preach against promiscuous sex. People will put it aside. And That's number right. two, it is the greatest motivator I know of for evangelism. Get involved in the People work. People will start sharing the work. Yes, they will. How can anything be more practical than that? It's, it's so practical. I mean, I was in a conference. Uh, I was going to do a meeting, and the pastor canceled the meeting because he thought it wasn't relevant. <laughs> it, it wasn't evangelistic enough. Another misconception. People say, well... I don't ever, we don't ever get into Bible prophecy in our church because Bible prophecy is too controversial. It's divisive and it'll just split the church. Again, people are not studying. <laughs> they don't want to spend time to study the Scripture. They pick and choose little, little, little pieces well, of prophecy. You know, pastors who have said that to me, I said, well, it can be sure. if you bring a guy in with a chip on his shoulder. That's right. That's because right. Because there are people who go around who their only purpose is to try to prove everybody else in the world is wrong That's except right. them. That's right. But if a guy comes in and just preaches the Word, that's not going to be divisive and controversial. I mean, and if people don't agree with him, they're going to have to scratch their heads and go to the Word. And that's going, right. Their arguments with God, not with Him. See, one thing I like about what you just said, David, going to the Word. See, going to the Word and proving the point that you make, you can't fight against the Scriptures. Yeah. You know, the Scripture is not divisive. Well, another of those uh, uh, misconceptions, I would argue, is the one that I hear a lot that says, well, you can't understand Bible prophecy unless you have a Ph.D. in hermeneutics, whatever that is. I always want to say Herman who? Uh, a Ph.D. in hermeneutics, which is the, uh, the interpretation of yes. Scripture. Or you've got to have a vivid imagination, but otherwise you just can't understand Bible prophecy. No, that, that's Do you incorrect. have to have a Ph.D. to understand Bible prophecy? I don't, Dave. <laughs> I don't. Well, I know you understand it. I, I understand. I mean, it's, it's because of His grace. I mean, I, I'm a well, student I do. of the Scripture. I, I do have a Ph.D., but mine's in international law and politics, and I still understand Bible Dave, prophecy. God will open this book to you. I'll I, tell you what you got to have. you got to have Spirit. the Holy Spirit. you got that right. You and you've got to lean on the Spirit. I always pray, Holy Spirit, open unto me the Scriptures. You know, Jesus did that to His disciples, and when He took them through the Scripture, the Bible says He showed them the prophecies where it was written of Him. You're right. And the Scripture says their hearts burned within them as He opened unto them oh, the Scriptures. Yeah. Oh, man. And yes. see, that's my prayer. When I study Revelation, I say, Father, open up my heart. Amen. Open, Holy Spirit, give me understanding. And it's amazing, like a light bulb. You know, <laughs> you know that, that, that Ford has that's a good right. idea, that, that right. light clicks. It clicks in my, in my heart that's and spirit, right. and God helps us that to understand. It doesn't mean you're going to understand everything, no, but no. the more you study, the more the more you'll understand That's right. as the, you lean on the Spirit. The clearer it gets, the longer you study. Too. Okay, one, one last one I want to mention here. And, and this just pains me. It really pains me. I hear pastors say this so often. What difference does it make what you believe about prophecy? After all, it's all going to pan out in the end. You see, sir, <laughs> I'm a pan-millennial. Right. And I normally tell them that they're a lazy believer. <laughs> Because, see, again, I, I believe in this time, especially in this hour, Dave, I believe that every Christian need to understand and know what he believes scripturally. Amen. You know, you need to know what the Word of God says, and you need to be firm in your belief structure. You know, many people have taken that, that position because they don't want to spend time to study it. Well, I, I, when a person says that to me, it just says, I don't, I don't consider it important enough to even study it. Yeah. And yet that's one-third of God's Word. 
Well, Dave, it's the end of the story. It's the end of the book. I tell people this. I said, how many people get a novel? You read the beginning of the novel, the end of the, I mean, the middle of the novel, and you, then you throw the book away. By the end, you are salivating. I, I want to know who killed who, who did what in that novel. Well, you know, the Bible is the only book that we do that to. No, I have to tell you, one time I was in, at a prophecy conference and we were having our favorite part. You know what that is, questions mm-hmm. and answers. Yes. And a guy got up and he said, well, you know, I just don't know about all this. He says, uh, you say you're a premillennial. They say they're amillennial. They say they're postmillennial. I'm a panmillennial. I just believe it's all going to pan out in the end. What do you think about that? Dennis Pollock said, I think you'd make a good member of the know-nothing party. <laughs> that was a political party yeah. in the United States before the Civil War, you know. He said, you'd make a good member of the know-nothing party. You don't know nothing and you're mm. proud of it. Wow. <laughs> you know, God is... I really believe this day that God, he, he challenges us as Christians and students of the scripture to understand. You know, if we spend time, God will, he will show us, he'll oh, teach us, he'll clear. absolutely, absolutely. You know, and again, that pan view is a bad view. I, I get this all the time too. They tell me, you know, uh, you, you preachers, you prophecy guys are so heavily minded that, that you know earthly good. <laughs> you know, and they discount prophecy along those same lines. And I tell them, I say, you know, you need to be heavily minded that you are earthly good. Amen. You know, Amen. when you have a proper understanding of the future, it's going to affect the way you the live today. The word itself says all of God's yes. word is profitable. Profitable. Yes. And, 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 and subject for study. Yes. And, and, and you know, and that means all of it, including Bible prophecy. Yes, yes. Well, folks, in just a moment, we're going to shift our attention from misconceptions about the nature of Bible prophecy to misconceptions about the meaning of prophecy. But first, let's pause for a word about a book that will help you to understand Bible prophecy. Does your understanding of Bible prophecy depend solely on the study of others? Would you like to understand Bible prophecy for yourself? Would you like to understand the principles of interpretation well enough to do your own study? Master teacher Tim LaHaye has written this book for just that purpose. He demonstrates that the Bible, including Revelation, is a book that can be understood. While Bible school and academic pursuits are always desirable, just learning the principles of sound biblical interpretation can benefit anyone at any stage of life. In understanding Bible prophecy for yourself, you'll find exercises that will help you get a precise understanding of key Bible prophecies, see step-by-step examples of how to interpret Bible passages, have a comprehensive overview of God's plan for the future, find charts that present a clear outline of the future, and get solid guidelines for accurate interpretation. To receive your very own copy, call 1-800-225-7977 and ask for the book, Understanding Bible Prophecy for Yourself by Tim LaHaye. It's yours for a gift of $15 or more. And when you place your order today, we'll send you a complimentary copy of Dr. Reagan's book, America the Beautiful. Just call and ask for order number 230. Welcome back to our discussion of misconceptions regarding Bible prophecy. Again, I am delighted to have my colleague Don Perkins here with me. And Don, I'd like for you to just take a moment to tell folks how they can get in touch with your ministry. Well, it's very, very easy. Uh, you can reach us on the internet. Uh, our web address is number 2 and then the word prophecy.org. Very easy to reach us. And I encourage you folks to get in touch with his uh, ministry. Uh, that website has a wealth of information on it. And you can also uh, uh, send Don questions through the website. And you can also uh, contact him about speaking at uh, your particular church. Amen. Well, uh, let's get back to our topic of misconceptions 
concerning Bible prophecy. Uh, in the first part of this program, we talked about uh, misconceptions regarding the nature of Bible prophecy. Yes. Uh, in this one, I want to uh, talk about some misconceptions regarding the interpretation of Bible prophecy, okay? Yes. And Don, I, I think I'll start off this segment by uh, just uh, talking a little bit about what I consider to be the number one problem when it comes to the interpretation of Bible prophecy. You got any idea what I might mention? Spiritualization? <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I know that anybody who teaches Bible prophecy uh, feels that spiritualization is probably the number one abuse that yes. you can get into. Yes. Uh, and folks, let me, let me just explain to you for a moment what I mean by spiritualization. I'm saying that most people, when they approach Bible prophecy, approach it with the attitude that it doesn't mean what it says. Right. It must mean something else. When the rule that I follow for all of the Bible, from beginning to end, whether it's prophecy or not, is if the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense, or you will end up with nonsense. Mm -hmm. God wants to communicate. He knows how to communicate. Yes. He says what He means. He means what He says. You don't have to play games. And I want to give you an example of what I mean by spiritualization. Over in the book of Revelation, in chapter 7, it says that at the beginning of the tribulation, there's going to be 144,000 Jews who are going to be sealed by the Lord. That means they're going to become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going to be supernaturally protected for the entire period of the tribulation. And the indication is they will go forth all over the world preaching the gospel, and many people yes. will come to the Lord as a result of their testimony. Yes. Well, folks, one time I got a whole bunch of commentaries on the book of Revelation. I, I bet I got at least uh, 30, 40 commentaries and looked to see what they th said Revelation 7 meant. 85% mm -hmm. of them said, well, this is talking about the church. Talking about the church, but it's talking about 144,000 Jews, and it tells you it exactly what tribes are yes. going to come from. And you spiritualize that and say, oh, no, it couldn't be Jews. It mm -hmm. has to be the church. Yes. That's an example of spiritualization. Yes. Saying the Bible doesn't mean what it says. Zechariah 14 says, in the end times when Jerusalem is about to fall, the Lord will come back to the Mount of Olives. When His foot touches the mountain, it will split in half. He'll speak a supernatural word. The Antichrist and his forces will be destroyed. And on that day, he'll become king over all the earth. One of the foremost theologians of the 20th century said, that doesn't mean that. What it means is the, 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 the Mount of Olives is the human heart. It's surrounded by sin. When you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, He comes, stands on your heart, your heart breaks in contrition, and He becomes King of your heart. You know why people like to spiritualize? It's because they become God when yes. they spiritualize. When you spiritualize, Scripture means anything you want it to mean. And it's easy to interpret that way. Oh, yeah. Again, you must be a student of the Scriptures uh, to understand. I mean, it's that simple. Okay, let me, let, let's get into some modern misconceptions about the meaning of Bible prophecy. One that I hear over and over and over and, and uh, comes from very sincere people who, yes. who are really interested in Bible prophecy. When I get up and preach that Jesus is coming soon and He could come any moment, they always say, no, 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 no. Jesus cannot return until the gospel is preached to the whole world. Because Jesus Himself said that in Matthew 24. The gospel will be preached to the whole world and then I, the end will come. Dave, what they are misunderstanding about that is okay. that those signs that Jesus gave in the gospel, Matthew 24, Luke 21, those are signs that point to the literal return of Christ and not the rapture. The second coming. The second yeah. coming When of he comes to this earth. When he comes to the earth. There are some physical prophecies that must take place before he can literally physically come back in the oh, second yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. But there are no signs that point to the rapture of the church. Well, what people don't understand is that the return of Jesus is going to be in two stages. That's right. 
uh, the second coming is in two stages. First, the rapture. Yes. Then later on, the second coming. That's the rapture, right. He doesn't even return to earth. He appears in the heavens. And, there, and that could happen in the middle of this program. Anytime. I'm Any ready moment. to go. I'm ready I'm to ready. go. I am too. Uh, but the second coming, there's a lot of prophecies. That, That's right. And furthermore, with regard to the gospel being preached to the whole world, we're in the process of doing that right now through modern technology. That's I right. Mean, I Internet, remember, everything. I remember a few years ago, I bought a shortwave radio. First time I'd ever had one. And I started turning that dial. And Don, I couldn't believe it. As I turned that dial, I heard the name of Jesus in every language of the world. The atmosphere of this yes. planet is saturated, saturated with the name of Jesus. Yes. Then you've got television. You've yes. got the Jesus film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on and on and on. But the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy is going to be near the end of the tribulation. Yes. In Revelation 14, we're told, a gospel angel will go forth, go circumnavigate the, the globe, and preach, preach the, gospel the gospel to every person yes. before God pours out His final yeah. rain. You know, Dave, that scripture also talks about when they preach the gospel. Most people think that means that when the gospel is preached, everyone will accept it. The Bible no, says no, it's no. going to be a witness oh, yeah. against. Uh, that's right. The gospel will be preached and people will accept or some will not accept. All right, let's go to another misconception. People say the church is the fulfillment of all the kingdom promises in the Bible. In now other that, words, there's no kingdom yet to come. It is it. The kingdom has come. In fact, yeah. I grew up in a church that believed this. They believed it so strongly, we were not allowed to say the Lord's Prayer. Because in the Lord's Prayer, that it says, come. thy kingdom come. They said, it's already come. Dave, that, that is so dangerous to me. The church has not replaced uh, Israel. Uh, uh, there are physical prophecies that, that must take place in the future. Christ will sit on the physical throne of his father, David. The Bible says that there are literal prophecies regarding the kingdom where Christ will literally fulfill the prophecy. Isaiah 9, yes. the Bible says the, the governments will be on his shoulders. Now, we know Christ rules and reigns within us. That's true. But there's coming a time where he, he doesn't must, reign over the nations of the world. He, he sure doesn't. Uh, he must and he will come to physically reign. You know, that's one of the fundamental teachings of amillennialism is yes. that the idea that uh, the Jesus kingdom is, here. is reigning over the whole world right now yes. uh, through his church. And, and the kingdom is here. Well, folks, if, if he's reigning My over Lord. the nations of the world today, he's doing a very poor job I mean, of it because every one of them is in rebellion against if him. If you watch the local news, you know that Jesus is not reigning over all the nations. Absolutely. You know, I got to thinking about this one time. It occurred to me, God's always had a kingdom on this earth. His original kingdom were the patriarchs who re- responded to him in faith. Then yes. the kingdom became more manifest in Israel. Then the kingdom became more manifest in the church. Right. And then the kingdom is going to become more manifest in the millennial reign of right. Jesus Christ. But right. even then, it's going to become permanent That's on the right. new earth. That's right. When Jesus surrenders the kingdom to his father. I mean, it'll truly be a theocratic kingdom where oh, yeah. God will rule. Absolutely. But today. Well, I was going to ask you that. about the, the next one I had on my list here was the church has replaced Israel and inherited its blessings. But you said you already jumped into that and yes. said that's nonsense. That's nonsense. I mean, uh, those prophecies, I mean, there are physical prophecies. The fact that Israel is a nation today Yes. Tells me that that is not so. Well, you know, this kind of, this replacement theology has resulted in more anti-Semitism. Yes. Than any other thing. It, for 2,000 years, both the Catholic Church and Protestantism has taught that the church replaced Israel. God washed his hands of Israel, has no purpose left for Israel. Israel today is an accident of history. Yeah. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. I mean, Read Romans 9 through 11. God has a plan for Israel. Well, all through the Old Testament it says so. And Romans 9 through 11 says, has God washed his hands of Israel because of their unbelief? The church for 2,000 years has said, yes. What does Paul say? He said, no, God, no, God has not. That's right. Yes. God and forbid. The church doesn't like those three chapters, 9, 10, 11. But Romans. in 9, 10, 11, Paul gives a stern warning to the church to not to exalt themselves against uh, Israel. Because God has a well, future plan Well, let's go to another misconception that uh, it, to me is the weirdest thing I have ever heard taught in Bible prophecy. I do not know of anything weirder than this. <laughs> and yet, there are people all over the place being deceived by it. Mm-hmm. 
And that is the teaching that the prophecies in the book of Revelation were all fulfilled in 70 A.D. when God poured out His wrath on Jerusalem. Can, can you believe this? Well, Dave, listen, I've studied the book of Revelation. <laughs> and the end of the book of Revelation tells me that I'm going to spend eternity in an eternal world with my God. Yes. If the book of Revelation is complete today, what I'm seeing around me is not what the book of Revelation teaches. You know, that book was not complete. It was not fulfilled. I mean, there's teaching that uh, Nero, he was the Antichrist. No. I mean, again, all those are false views. Well, not only that, Don, but the whole, th- that whole theology depends on one thing. Yes. That the book of Revelation was written before 70 A.D. Right, right. That's right. And all the evidence, internal, external, everything, it History. was written in 95 A.D. AD. That's right. That's in right. fact, the early church fathers state that point blank. That's right. It's when it was written. You know, uh, and that's when Domitian began to persecute the church. The persecution under Nero was a concentrated persecution in Rome. Yes. Domitian, it was all over the empire. Right. And that occurred in 95 AD. That's right. That's right. And, you know, for them to teach that the book of Revelation is complete, Dave, again, you know, they're spiritualizing a lot of things. They, they actually. Oh, yeah. Everything has to be spiritual. They, they're making things that, that really does not fit. And further, you know, every time I hear somebody say that all the prophecies were fulfilled in 70 AD, it reminds me of Paul saying, avoid these two guys. Right. He named them because he said, they teach the resurrection has already, already passed, occurred. Right. These guys, the most radical of them, are teaching that the second coming has already occurred. Dave, one danger of that view, that belief, that misconception is that it robs the church of the hope of hope of eternity. Amen. I mean, it, I mean, again, if, if the book of Revelation is complete, you know, then this is all we have to look well, forward to. What about to. this one? The church is destined to take over the world and reign over it for a thousand years and then the Lord will return. Now, that's a falsehood for sure. That is a misconception because it's totally out of uh, sync with the scriptures. Let me say it that way. You know, we know that the church uh, will be raptured. We know that the church uh, will come back with Christ uh, going into the millennial kingdom. But, you know, uh, the church will not... uh, Fulfill that event and then Christ well, this comes turns back. it all upside. This it's has backwards. us presenting the kingdom yes, of Jesus. Yes, it won't happen. Jesus is coming to establish the kingdom. Well, you know, Dave, the millennial kingdom is a good example of man running the kingdom. You know, uh, even though Christ oh, will yeah. be here, even though Christ will be a man, will still have sin. Yeah. See, it's going to be like God's last uh, attempt to show man well, that you cannot cannot live it without again, without me. Again, you'd have to spiritualize a lot, uh, spiritualize a lot of scripture to say that the church is going to take over the world. Jesus said that the vast majority of people will always, always reject the gospel. That's right. That's the right. The church is not going to take over the world. No, no. It Jesus won't happen. is going to take over this world. Here's the thing that many people today are trying to get people into politics to, to change the government to make this millennial kingdom. Well, I got to get this one in, Don. There is absolutely nothing that can be known about the timing of the Lord's return. Might as well just forget about it, not even <laughs> think about it. Well, I don't believe that because the scripture says, and that knowing the time, Hebrews, yeah. and that the Romans, it oh. says, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. How can we know the time? Now, it doesn't mean that we know the actual oh, day, no, no. but Christ has given us indicators, the season, of the, season the point to his return. Well, he said, when you see these things, you'll know I'm yes. at the very gates. I'm yes. about to return. Hebrews 10 says there's things you can see that will know yes. you're, knowing you're in the end time. Well, as we see the indicators, it, it proves to us that he's at, he's at hand. I mean, for me, because I understand the signs of time, the indicators, it has put an urgency in my heart to evangelize. See, I'm, I'm seeing, I can see the indicators. The nation of Israel is here. 100 years ago today, there was not one single tangible, measurable sign. sign the first right. one was November 1917 with yes. the issuance of the Balfour Declaration. Today, there are so many signs, it's like God has a neon light in the sky you, flashing on and off saying, Jesus is coming soon, Jesus yes. is coming soon. There's so many, Dave, you can't keep up with it. But there are many signs, I mean, and we can know that the season is near. Well, we'll have you come back sometime. We'll talk about those signs. I look forward to okay. it. Okay. Well, folks, our time is almost up. 
I want to thank my guest Don Perkins once again for sharing his time and his knowledge with us this week. Don, you are a joy and you are a blessing. Honored. And may the Lord go with you. <laughs> may He prosper you and He may, may magnify your voice across this nation and around the world. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. LambLion.com is a great place to go for a look at the world from an eternal and timeless perspective. In addition to the hundreds of free resources available at LambLion.com, you'll find an online store where you can order very reasonably priced resources such as Dave Reagan's books, study guides, audio programs, and high-quality video programs available on DVD. Please visit LambLion.com today. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.